0: Hey there folks, this is your buddy Chris. Just wanted to give people a bit of a heads up. This is a slightly audio impaired episode of High Floor Low Ceiling. Uh, We were dealing with a few audio issues that uh, gave us some trouble, had to do a a fair bit of post-processing on this one. So if the sound is not up to our usual standards, we apologize for that. Hopefully you still enjoy the episode anyways. And here is myself with a rat. Well, Griffin, the Raptors have been eliminated from playoff contention. A sad day. Uh, it was an often exciting, at times quite embittered series. The Raptors did not pull off the uh, 3-0 comeback that was promised, but that's a, a discussion for another day, perhaps. A lot of that bitterness in the series centered around Joel Embiid, which brings me to my rant today, which is that it's okay to just not like a guy. <laughs> That's the simple fact of the matter. And I think that that is uh, what we saw with Joel Embiid for Raptors fans. You know, it, it cuts both ways. Some people were trying to call Embiid a dirty player for stepping on Scotty Barnes and causing his injury. I think, you know, I, I, I ran the tape back a few times and feel quite certain that there was no malice behind uh, him stepping on Scotty's ankle and other people feel the need to justify their dislike in his play style, or the quotes he gives to the media, his celebrations. I don't harbor any ill will towards Joel Embiid as a person. I'm sure I'd be a huge fan of him if he played for my team, but he doesn't, and I don't. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having a reason to dislike a player, other than that he beat my team in the playoffs. As much as we try and put good thought into uh the things we talk about on this podcast as much as we like to put logic at the forefront when we talk about sports i think sometimes we forget that there's a an irrational emotional element to the game and i think that that should uh, be celebrated and speaking of deeply irrational it's time for another episode of high floor losey league
1: I mean, you had something to be celebrated right there in front of you. You didn't have to go with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think I like this podcast? <laughs> and welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast you are currently listening to. I'm joined by Griffin. Griffin, how are you this
1: morning? Rare morning record for us. Yes, you and I, Chris, not uh, the earliest risers on a day-to-day basis, but today we're upward getting in that content grind trying to make sure that uh we get the people what they so desperately want
0: <laughs> <laughs> people were streets were waiting on this one for sure <laughs> griffin are intangibles today the nba second round is going to begin today just a couple of hours from now a lot happening today based around what we are uh, talking about our our various topics i kept looking at some being like that's happening literally right now (laughs) uh so in a couple of hours the second round will start um we'll be talking about some of those second round teams shortly but the what i wanted to ask you was other than the raptors obviously like i said going out in six games which team is the team that you are sad to see go from the playoffs i feel like there is maybe an obvious answer but I'm curious what you think
1: yeah well there's quite a few um I think that the Chicago Bulls went out without uh like they sort of went out sad like they could have been Mm -hmm. if they had been healthy no Lonzo obviously Levine not himself so uh I'm sad to see them go and uh the Atlanta Hawks are always fun to watch as well but I think my number one sad to see them go pick is the New Orleans Pelicans I was all in on NOLA that team was fun. Uh, Brandon Ingram's awesome. He's so great. Everyone loves Jonas Valanciunas here in Toronto, of course. And then the defenders, Herb Jones and Alvarado. Man, th- I fell in love with those guys, getting to watch them for the first time, really. I don't watch a lot of New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> in the re- regular season. So, um, yeah, the the Pelicans. Uh, we barely knew ye, and hopefully mm-hmm. they get Zion back and we can know ye a lot better next year.
0: Yeah, they're an interesting team for sure. I was never quite as high on them even as like an upset kind of pick or as a team that would like make some noise kind of pick uh, in the first round. But I mean, certainly when you add Zion Williamson to the mix, it gets interesting. For me, I think I have to go with the Denver Nuggets. You know, it's sad to see a player of uh, Nikola Jokic's caliber go out. And they are, you know, I think... Maybe it was always a team. I, I did pick them over the Warriors, which now looks like a terrible mistake. But I think that they were maybe always a team that was a little more built for the regular season. Um, you know, when you don't have to, have to deal with your worst players sort of being matched up against the other team's best players. And teams are hunting for switches more and things like that. But definitely sad to see them go. Griffin, other news happening. The NFL draft. Uh, we saw the first two days happened over the last two days. Not a confusing sentence at all. Uh, The Number one pick, Trayvon Walker, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Somewhat surprising of a pick, you know? We heard a lot about Aiden Hutchinson and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who ended up falling a little bit to number seven, I believe. Uh, But Trayvon Walker, I've done about 30 seconds of research, Griffin, and I have a take on Trayvon (laughs) Walker. Uh, No hedging here on HFLC He is the Scotty Barnes of defensive linemen, because (laughs) I was doing some reading. He was not a starter on Georgia until his final year of college. Uh, He has incredible versatility. You know, I saw him, I was confused when I saw him drafted, because everything said that he was a defensive end, and everything I had read said he was a defensive tackle, and so... Mm -hmm. He has that versatility. He can play defensive end, defensive tackle, or even linebacker. Is uh, my understanding
1: very Scotty?
0: And so, yes, and so the the athleticism, the versatility, and then that sort of coming on late and surging up the draft board, I think, makes him the Scotty Barnes of defensive lineman. And so, I'm going to name Trayvon Walker to the HFLC Hall of Players to look out for along i he would be the dice number two inductee behind i guess number three scotty barnes number one phil taylor number two
1: phil taylor number one i believe is in our hearts certainly <laughs> um but in, in chronological order yes phil taylor number two uh despite the fact that he is retired still a player to watch you never uh, know you when know. phil might come back and just yeah run the dirt scene again um But yeah, I like that take a lot, Chris. Uh, I think your research paid dividends. (laughs) Um. We'll see. We'll
0: see how the uh, Jaguars do this year. We'll certainly have some NFL talk, I think, to have going forward, because there have been a lot of uh, of things going on. But the last thing, Griffin, I was doing some, I was trying to figure out what was going on today, because I saw that there was one NHL game happening today, and I've declared it the saddest NHL game of all time. (laughs) <laughs> it is the only game being played today. It is between the Winnipeg Jets and the Seattle Kraken, two teams that are firmly out of the postseason. It was rescheduled due to weather. Normally, like, Something in the NBA...
1: Does
0: not <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. It's an indoor game. Um, but normally, Griffin, like, have you ever seen, like, how... I think the Indiana Pacers, a few years ago, they only played 81 games because... They had a game that was like canceled and had to be rescheduled, and then it ended up not mattering for seeding purposes, and so it ended up they just played 81 games. <laughs> have, well, do you sense. remember
1: this? That's a good call from the NBA. I mean, it's tough because not only do both teams not have to be in any sort of playoff hunt, but they both have to be like secure in that like the draft lottery can't change based on the result of this game either. Right. So it yeah. it's a perfect storm situation for sure much like the perfect storm that got the game canceled the first time Pre- precisely
0: um but yeah it's it's just it's incredibly sad to me to have one nhl game the day before the playoffs start and then have that be between the jets and the kraken but
1: really, it does feel like some sort of like consolation like warm up game for the playoffs <laughs>
0: yeah it's like we know that you're hurting without any hockey today so we'll throw you this bonus <laughs> game these two teams um, are
1: like why do we have to do this <laughs>
0: but speaking of the nhl playoffs griffin they are getting into gear tomorrow or right tomorrow i think yes uh we don't check facts here <laughs> is that an and HFL? we wanted <laughs> hfl <You bought> <laughs> that's the hflc guarantee baby uh And we wanted to talk a little bit about some NHL teams in the playoffs and some NFL teams. So we are going to be drawing some some cross-sport comparisons like we like to do between some NHL teams and some NBA playoff teams, Griffin.
1: Yeah, I like this a lot, Chris. We we all love a good cross-sport comparison. Uh, So I could kick it off with one of mine... Here, this Mm -hmm. is one that I feel good about, and I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors. There, you've got a team with a few championships under their belt. Uh, They definitely had a bit of a dynastic run earlier this century. They're led Mm -hmm. by a game-changing superstar, one of the greatest to ever do it, and his all-star running mate, an elite player in his own right. Both the game-changing superstar and the all-star running mate have had injury history in their past, Uh, but they hopefully can play well this postseason. Both star players are surrounded by a seemingly ever-changing cast of supporting players who, you are like, who the heck's this guy now? But they always step up and they always fill in their role well. Uh, I'm sure hockey fans know where I'm going with this at this point, Chris. Uh, The Golden State Warriors are the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. See,
0: this one is interesting because I feel like The type of team that the Golden State Warriors are in terms of their sort of team makeup and the success that they've had in in years past, I feel like that is a more common thing in hockey than it is in basketball, where you can have a team where it's like they're, what, four years removed now from winning a championship. They still have that core group of star players who won the championship together. Those guys are still together. And so like I was looking sort of down the list and I was like, well, Pittsburgh is like that, like you said. I think you could say the Washington Capitals yeah. are quite similar to that as well. And also the uh, Boston Bruins. So I feel like that—that that is just a a thing we see a lot in hockey where teams tend to keep that, that core together once you find a star player, right?
1: Yeah. Well, player movement is definitely lower in hockey than it is in the soap opera of the NBA. But um, Chris, I have a Unanswerable impossible question for you. Speaking of these two teams, mm-hmm. is Stephen Curry better than Sidney Crosby?
0: That's a very interesting question, Griffin. They are both, you know, somewhat the the faces of their generation. I think Crosby is maybe more of the he's he's in the LeBron generation more than the Curry generation, perhaps. I think you have to give it to Sidney Crosby. I, you know, I don't know as much about hockey as I do about basketball, but to me Steph Curry is as terrific as he is, he sort of he came on late and so he's I guess, you know, at this point, you know, he's going on 10 years of being a pretty dominant player in the NBA, but Sidney Crosby, I feel like has been pretty much dominant since he since he came into the league, obviously. Much like Curry, he had, he had some injury issues at certain times that sort of caused his play to fluctuate a little bit. But I think he's more in the LeBron category of like, this guy has been doing it for like 15 years now. He's still an elite player and he's still like, you know, should, should be venerated as one of the, here's a question I have for you. Where in terms of sort of general hockey consensus does Sidney Crosby rank as like an all time player?
1: Well that was going to be sort of my how I approached this question and I think you're spot on with the LeBron comparison being more apt than the Curry one like a super prospect who everyone had been talking about for years before they came into league stepped into the league and absolutely lived up to the hype and even like surpassed it and of course with Crosby like even he lost some of his best prime years to injury which luckily LeBron never did but um yeah, I think by the time all is said and done, I think most people will be comfortable making an argument for Sidney Crosby as a top five player of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, there isn't as much focus on ring culture in the NHL, but still, when he only had that one Stanley Cup for a while, it was a little more dubious, but now he's up to three, which is right. like a very incredible achievement, and he's been the best player in the NHL from like 2004 to 2020 maybe until when Connor McDavid finally started to challenge him and you could always talk mm-hmm. about Alexander Ovechkin or uh, Pat- Patrice Bergeron or one of those guys but it's always pretty consensusly been Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. so I think that yeah top five I mean you've got Gretzky and Lemieux one and two uh, Bobby Orr Gordy Howe Sidney Crosby there's been a lot of great players in NHL history but I think he's firmly planted himself in that discussion whereas Steph I would say top. 12 top 10 like yeah i think he's uh
0: you know i'd have to look at my extensive uh, all-time hall of fame ranking that i i have devised but you, you know crush. he certainly I love a good spreadsheet. He's certainly in the top 20, I would say, probably more like 15. I think the one thing that does hurt him and you know maybe that he could repair going forward is that lack of longevity like he's not racking up like 15 all-star appearances. He's more in like the 10 range. And so I think that that does when you're parsing between like the number 15 greatest player of all time and the number 14, then that stuff does start to matter a little bit more, but I mean certainly in terms of the heights he hit in like 2016, I, I feel like he has to be, you know, in terms of a single season, I think that that's top five, certainly.
1: And Chris, um, not, not to get into this right now, but just because I'm curious on your spreadsheet, is Kobe Bryant in the top 10 all time? I
0: believe he is. I you know I'm just trying to pull up the spreadsheet here. I do, you know, we, we haven't made an update recently. This is with my, my good friend, Isaac of the bench connection. Uh, he, Right now, Kobe Bryant is in the top 10. He is number nine. You know, I am no uh, great fan of Kobe Bryant, certainly. Uh, but, you know, when you when you look at the people below him, it's hard to quibble. Like He's sort of at the bottom of the, like, Omega super level right. <laughs> kind of Hall of Fame players, where, you know, below him, it's like Jerry West, I think, would still be in that category. Oscar Robertson would still be in that category. But then, you know, then you're getting into the Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Kevin Durant, kind of tier, which I think is is a clear step below some of those great, super, super duper greats like a, a Lebron or a, a Magic Johnson.
1: Personally, I'd put Shaq in with the super duper duper greats, but anyway, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. I'm sure your spreadsheet is very well researched. I'm not going to <laughs> question the spreadsheet. Uh, Thank I you know for you would destroy me with facts and logic if I try. <laughs>
0: that's what i live for um griffin i have a comparison for you here and this is a team that uh, a hockey team that i don't know a ton about and so i'm interested to hear if you can sort of fill in the gaps a little bit for me this is uh, we're talking about the miami heat here a team with a, a strong culture you know a culture of hard work and toughness uh, a team that leads with its defense a team that has a mixture of veteran talent and some young guys coming up. I think the Miami Heat are the Carolina Hurricanes, Griffin, who might be getting a little overlooked as the number one team in the Metropolitan Division, much as the Miami Heat might be getting a little overlooked as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I like that, Chris. Um, the Miami Heat have dealt with some injury problems this year, and right now uh, Carolina is missing Frederick Anderson, so that could impact them. Um, but, yeah, in terms of what you said about the uh, cores of the teams and the culture and the overlooked factor, yeah, a lot of talk about the three or four playoff teams coming out of the Atlantic, Toronto, Florida, Boston, and Tampa Bay. And people aren't talking about the Carolina Hurricanes as a bona fide Stanley Cup contender, which they should be, and they have played like all season. So, uh, I like that a lot. Plus, you've got the, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Myers Leonard <laughs> connection over time. Um. <laughs> Obviously, wow! Reason, you're not a current member of the Miami Heat, but uh... but
0: no, I think but I think you're right on it, Griffin. Uh, but yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, 116 points, Griffin. They it was a, a franchise best mark for them. I think that that sort of surprises you when you look at the uh, the sort of playoff outlook for the the league as a whole. And I think it's easy to forget because I, I forgot that the Hurricanes were in the eastern conference finals in 2019 they were swept by boston and then who of course went on to lose to st louis in seven so i feel like that sort of just gets overlooked and forgotten that they were you know in that contend contending status just a couple of years ago Uh, (laughs) but griffin i will give you one more and then maybe you can give me one more uh this is this one might be controversial because (laughs) these are Two teams that might uh, have some have some not bad blood, but not great blood either. Two cities, at least. Uh, the Boston Celtics, Griffin. This is a team that is fueled by a pair of young stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They sort of appear to be blossoming into superstars this season, especially Jason Tatum, sort of having one of his best years. Uh, they've sort of been in the mix for a while now. They've disappointed several years, of course, being a 500 team last year. And this is sort of, they're looking like the best version of themselves. They've brought in some veteran talent that's uh, helped them defensively in Al Horford. They've shored up some of their depth issues that might have existed. And so I think, Griffin, as sacrilegious as it might be, the Boston Celtics are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh
1: my god.
0: What do you think? I think that the you know Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, sort of the the Jalen Brown and the Jason Tatum of uh, of the NBA or the NHL is that fair to say?
1: Oh God, you're so on to something. <laughs> so you're right in it. It burns, but I mean, hey, the Celtics look like they might be heading to the NBA finals. So uh, that
0: was that was the other thing I wanted to bring up, Griffin, because it could bode well for the Leafs. Do you think? is Boston the favorite right now? The for among teams uh still in the playoffs obviously, you know, Devin Booker, we saw him play, but we don't know if he's 100%. Chris Middleton will be out, I think for at least the second round and maybe going on further. I think, you know, you could throw Miami in there, you can throw Golden State in there, but I think Boston might be the uh, the team to beat.
1: What do you think? Yeah, I think that's how you have to look at it right now, like I mean without the chris without chris middleton being injured i think we're having a different conversation here i think mm-hmm. that's huge for the bucks but he is injured and so the celtics are definitely the favorite in the east and yeah i think you'd have to say the overall favorite with booker sort of up in the air and i don't know if i had to guess today i'd say we're looking at a celtics warriors finals yeah i mean i i think you're right i still i'm not
0: entirely I haven't given up on the Suns, certainly. They were such a great team in the regular season sure. that sure. I think they are good enough to to survive a, a hampered Booker, which they showed in that uh, Game 6 against New Orleans. But Griffin, you have one more for me.
1: Yeah, just before that, you know what I didn't see at all and almost totally forgot? Chris Paul having a great series against the Pelicans He's the best player they've ever had. I feel like that feels like so long ago that Chris Paul played for the New Orleans Hornets. But that wasn't a storyline at all. Did you see yeah, I think that? Was I just not plugged I, in enough?
0: No, no, I didn't see anything about that either. I feel like people sort of... A, people just don't care about those New Orleans Hornets teams. They don't care about like Chris Paul and David West and Pages Stojakovic and Tyson Chandler. But I also feel like it kind of gets compartmentalized because, like, they're the Hornets but they're the New Orleans Hornets and so people get confused because obviously Charlotte was the Bobcat like, I mean, speaking of teams that nobody thinks about, the Charlotte (laughs) Bobcats and so I feel like once they became the Pelicans is sort of like where their franchise history sort of began in some ways, even though you know, they were a playoff team several times, they went to they they won a series, you know, in two thousand eight. They went up against the Spurs and lost in seven games. So like, they're they weren't any slouches certainly, and you know Chris Paul was an MVP candidate for them. But yeah, I think I think because this is like what Chris Paul's fourth team since leaving the Hornets. Yeah, that that sort of gets wiped away a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was a super long time ago. And I'm not saying like oh Chris Paul was going out there looking for revenge or anything like that. <laughs> right. I'm just like oh, I thought it would have been mentioned. Once Definitely. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you'd have to think when he retires, they'll retire. Maybe not. I don't know.
0: It's an interesting question. I don't know. What, well, uh, yeah, I mean, he's certainly, I think, the best player of their franchise history by a pretty wide margin. I mean, obviously, like,
1: Him and Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis.
0: Yeah, they would certainly be the top two by far. And obviously, I think people have a little more ill will towards Anthony Davis than they do towards Chris Paul. So I think, you know, it's possible, certainly.
1: Did he play longer with the Hornets or with the Clippers? Like, who was his main team in his career? I certainly it's think people will remember him as a Clipper more than a Hornet. Yes,
0: yeah, certainly that was where he sort of had... Well, it's interesting because he didn't, you know, he only had... Moderate amounts of team success as a Clipper and, you know, same with the Hornets as well. I think it's about equal. Yeah. He played six seasons as a Hornet, six seasons as a Clipper, two as a Rocket, one as a Thunderman. And I totally forgot
1: he played for the Thunder.
0: It's, it's an interesting one. That's like a classic. It'll come up in bar trivia and they went to seven games against the Rockets. They could have been, you know, in the second round, like, they could have won a playoff series with a pretty uh, pretty suspect roster, you know? Their top scorers were Shea Gilgis, alexander Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Ball. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Um, Schroeder, though. He was good on those slender teams. Uh, yeah, and they were a top-ten defense with yeah. Steven Adams. Anyways, this reminds me, I, I had an idea for a game we should play one time. We should just take, it's kind of like NBA on TNT, who he played for. It's like the reverse of that. It's, did he play for? And we just take like Jay Crowder and we'd be like, was Jay Crowder ever a Memphis Grizzly? And I was thinking the same thing, Memphis Grizzlies. That's
0: crazy. And I think <laughs> he was, like he right? He would be. Was <laughs> he? I don't
1: know. He out. would be, but what was, was a little, he? A little teaser for, did he play for?
0: I'm all, yes, in the, at the beginning of 20, the 2019-20 season, he was a Memphis Grizzly for 45 games oh, and then was traded to Miami where he became, uh, obviously, you know, a key component of their finals run. You know, I think people, the one I was thinking about is how he was on the 2018 Cavs.
1: I was going like, to say, if you had asked me if he had been a Cleveland Cavalier, I probably would have said no, but he was part of the Isaiah Thomas trade. By far, The most
0: cursed roster in NBA history, I think. Like, you know, this is very off topic, and we will probably now not be able to get to uh, maybe our other team. But I just want to read you some of the names from the well. Well, Perfect. I'll read you some of the names from the twenty eighteen Cleveland Cavaliers. Griffin, and there are a lot of them because they made several large trades during the (laughs) season, as I recall. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. Sure, Kevin Love. Derek Rose Ouch. was on the 2018 Cavaliers. Rodney Hood was on okay. the 2018 Cavaliers. Isaiah Thomas, like you said, George Hill, and also a lot of these guys were like wearing the same number. Like Isaiah Thomas and George Hill both wore number three. Uh, Iman Shumpert, crazy that he was like an active contributor on a Finals team that late in the game. I guess he he was traded that season, I believe. Uh, J.R. Smith, of course, Channing Fry. Jordan Clarkson, Dwayne Wade.
1: Dwayne Wade. Oh my God. I always forget he was a Cav. And a
0: Tristan Thompson. Oh, yes. That Bulls season is is equally cursed. Chetty Osman, Griffin, Kendrick Perkins was inexplicably on this team. He's
1: still in the NBA. (laughs) Even though
0: though he has been retired for eight years, he was somehow, (laughs) he played one game. For the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, LeBron James, I think you know, yes. Kyle Korver, Jeff Green, Ante Zizic, Jay Crowder, and I saved the best for last, Griffin, wearing number 81. <laughs> he appeared in, whoa, Griffin, he appeared in 57 games for the Cleveland Cavaliers and started 32 of them jose calderon oh my god he started 32 games jose 20. calderon started 32 games for an nba finals team he played for them in the playoffs he appeared in 13 games he started in three
1: games that is Was just that really he had one of those like guaranteed ring seasons because he played for the Cavs and the warriors in the same season didn't he have one of those I think you're thinking of Anderson Varejao. He is
0: like oh, sort of yeah. the guaranteed ring guy. And JaVale McGee as well, I think, had a Man. season like
1: that. I love her Calderon. I'm on his I basketball mean, reference right now. It says that one of his nicknames is, was Mr. Catering. Interesting. Right. I, the other one is Numero Ocho, which I certainly remember. Mr. Catering? Not so much. But I have heard There's that basketball that... reference uh, nicknames are famously weird.
0: Yes, well, of course. Uh, another a podcast I listen to the the flagrant ones have added managed to get added to Ryan Archidiacano's basketball reference name, the Arch of Dimes
1: as a nickname <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I love it's Mr. a great Calderon, nickname. though it's crazy how many times the raptors tried to bring in someone mm-hmm. to be their new starting point guard and jose was like okay i'll be a backup i'm a good team player and then would just play his way back into the starting role i feel like it happened at least three times until kyle lowry finally did it to him it even happened with kyle lowry i think like in, i think you're right like
0: Even like when Kyle Lowry was brought in, he was not a full time starter. I don't think like, and Jose Calderon was like sometimes starting alongside him. I think it was really weird, and then eventually got traded to Detroit. uh, I believe in the famous Austin Day trade.
1: I think it was part of the Rudy Gay trade, wasn't it? It was like a three team trade.
0: It might well have been. Uh, We're deep diving on Jose Calderon, just as we planned to on
1: Calderon talk. Uh, how how would how do you say uh, this has been habla Calderon? Um,
0: <laughs> Great accent work there.
1: Thank you. I uh, uh, took three years of Spanish in university. And it really wow,
0: wow! But Griffin, we cannot we cannot tarry with Jose Calderon any oh, longer. I
1: want to, Chris. He was my favorite <laughs> back in the day. I loved Jose Calderon.
0: That does make sense for you, I think. And <laughs> just. Uh, but Griffin, I think you 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 have one more for us, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh he would put up the three by his head every time <laughs> he hit a three? That was so okay,
0: cool. so, you, so you're just you're interested in talking about as they called some more, than, I
1: feel. Uh, interested in considering Abla Calderon. Uh, but yes, uh, I got one more team for you, Chris. Uh, this is a team that has been a great regular season team for a couple years now. I'm talking about the Phoenix Suns. They were the championship favorites coming into the playoffs, and they're looking to sort of justify their legacy. You know, they've got great, great players, elite, top-end talent, uh, but they haven't won a championship in this era yet. The Suns have never won a championship, but this team has won but hasn't won one in this current era, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. Chris, this one, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think of my comparison there? I think that is
0: an extremely apt comparison. You know, obviously, the, the Sun sort of came on last year in a way that not a lot of people expected, but I think that they are quite similar. You know, they have the youth. Um, you know, maybe, I guess you could say that the Avalanche have a fair amount of veteran talent, but they are really, you know, fueled by their their young guys and their sort of in their prime kind of guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting point of comparison, Griffin, because they're both teams that you think, I mean, I sort of felt this is their year about the Avalanche last year. And obviously that was quite a disappointing season for them. But here they are again, the number one seed in the Western Conference. And I feel like are, here's a question for you. Are the Colorado Avalanche in the freezer?
1: Oh, I think if they don't, make it to the stanley cup finals this year we stick them in the freezer yeah like the bar is high
0: yeah because i really have not heard them get talked about that much this year especially you know compared to uh the other top teams in the nhl overall and in the western conference you know you heard more i think obviously there's canadian bias here but you heard more about the flames you heard more about the oilers not so much about the minnesota wild on the st louis blues who have quietly both been very good teams i mean minnesota is finishing with 113 points i feel like people sort of still see them as like a plucky upstart rather than a team that is like a contender
1: in that conference but yeah i think uh and of course they get rewarded by having to play the blues in the first round because the nhl playoff system is insane it is and
0: you know i feel like every <laughs> i feel like every nhl playoff series is always a tough matchup uh but the avalanche
1: yeah it's you know sorry sorry to interrupt one more time the wild and the blues for me two of the best jerseys in hockey i love griffin a dark green yes. in a
0: in a jersey, and people need to use that more. You see, yes. a fair amount in the Fairmount Hawk, you know, you got the Dallas Stars. They're, I guess, more of like a neon green at, at times. Yeah, I, I but like
1: the wild a lot better, the forest green.
0: Yes, exactly, a forest green. We love, yeah, uh, you know, the Cream City Bucks jerseys. Those I think are good. Uh, Those had are good. some elements of that as well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because the Avalanche are are the first seed in the Western Conference again. They are second only to the Panthers in points in the nhl and yet we can't really feel any kind of confidence in them until they like you said i think i think the bar should be getting to the stanley cup final for them this year because everything has sort of broken in the
1: right way for them yes agreed and yeah i think when we're talking about the suns like the avalanche have more high-end talent like the suns are a bit more of like a how are they doing this team than the avalanche does mm-hmm. obviously the suns have paul and booker who are two of the best in the league but like the yeah Avalanche i know what you McCarr mean and mckinnon and Landis Gog, like they're stacked yeah and and the suns aren't quite like you look at the
0: roster i think and you don't think like that's a team that should be by far the best team in the nba which is what they were this season and i feel right. like people sort of sleep on that a little bit But those are some of our points of comparison. Uh, The NHL playoffs are getting started, Griffin. I'm sure we will. uh, You'll probably be ranting about the Leafs next week (laughs) and (laughs) how they need to sharpen up their game uh, in their playoff series. So we'll we'll look forward to that. Are you implying Uh, it's not going to be a Leafs sweep? Hey. I think we'll see. I think we'll see. Um, But we are going to, of course, continue to be talking about the NHL and the NBA playoffs. But that is all for now. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more High Floor, Low Ceiling. And welcome back to High Floor, Low Ceiling. I got it out there. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I always get lost right around this time of the podcast. Uh, Griffin, if you'll recall, and I believe you do, a few weeks ago, we talked about our obscure sports. We drafted some rosters. We said we'd keep an eye on them. And when we say something, we're going to do something at high flow, low ceiling. We do it. And so we have come in with some news updates. I think we're gonna we sort of flip the script here because we each drafted three sports, and the three we both uh, found some news items on each other's sport. Uh, so we can we can provide some updates to each other. Maybe if uh, if anyone has some insight, then they can provide it to the other. But we have uh, we we we're on the obscure sports beat this week, certainly.
1: That we are, Chris. Uh, it's good to be back. I had a lot of fun checking out my obscure sports. I don't know. I hope you did as well. But I've got several questions for you. So I guess we'll start with uh, Aussie Rules Football here, which was your number one pick. And my first question for you, Chris, is that when I looked up Aussie Rules Football, all of the scores are in decimals? What What's with that?
0: So I think the best way I can describe this to you, Griffin, is... It's like, you know how when it says that a pitcher, maybe this is a bad example, but when a pitcher pitches like 8.2 innings, it doesn't mean that they pitched eight innings and then 20% of an inning. It means they pitched eight innings and two outs. Right. So the decimal in Aussie rules is the same where you have the goals and then it has the decimal and then what are called, I think, behinds. So the way the scoring works is like if you kick a goal, Through like the front posts, then that's a goal and it's six points. If you kick a behind, which is through like the rear posts, which I guess are like easier and like you can sort of hit them at an angle, then that's a one point and it's called a behind. And so, you know, if it's 7.10, then that's seven goals, so 42 points. And then ten behinds, which is plus ten, so fifty-two. So there is some math. <laughs>
1: okay, There's why some don't multiplication they just say 52 and, in that
0: scenario because you want to know how many goals someone scored. They could have kicked fifty-two behinds, or they could have uh, kicked eight goals and four behinds.
1: In That's theory, can you like win with only behinds? Like, if you, it if you seems kick- unlikely. <laughs> But like, just like in the rules, if you kicked 20 behinds and the other team only kicked three goals and no behinds, you would win, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Certainly. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing keeping you from winning on behinds, but usually like, you know, I'm looking at a score, uh, from today. Brisbane defeated the Sydney Swans 113 to 89. So I feel like kicking only behinds might, uh, (laughs) <laughs> might, might take be an well. issue for you from scoring from a scoring perspective well yeah
1: the game definitely looks entertaining as hell i certainly hope we'll get together and watch one at some point because mm-hmm. it looks super fun maybe we should go to australia
0: yeah well, that would be fun uh <laughs> do, a, yeah. do a live show and i've got at the opera house oh yeah yeah we could get all of our
1: <laughs> i don't know i haven't checked our stats in a while i don't know if we have any australian listeners but uh,
0: oh, i'm sure we do we have listeners from all around the world and we love our fans don't we so and true
1: <laughs> that we do. Just drop my yep. phone.
0: Yeah, don't worry. It'll be very audible on the, the recorder. Don't Good. worry.
1: I want our, our fans to feel like they're sitting in the room with us, which we are mm-hmm. not. Um, but Chris, I've got a couple headlines here. Mm-hmm. from the world of Aussie rules football that I just want you to parse for me. The mm-hmm. first headline I saw was that there is a h- huge mistake in Channel 7's footy coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think this mistake was? Personally, I think that they have accidentally been airing American football instead of Aussie football. And well, that's, it's my, a- that's my guess for the huge mistake that Channel, 2 has been, Channel 7 has been committing.
0: Well, it's crazy, Griffin, is that not only are they showing american football they're showing concerts by the band american football so it's like a double (laughs) a a double gaffe they're completely off base here uh no i i actually did look into this and i the it's based around uh the coverage of the sport like you said it's based around sort of they have these uh like i think it's to do with shows that they have canceled sort of like panel chats or ah. like the, the sort of pre-game chat shows where they sort of dive into how the Geelong cats are doing on a given day or something like that. And so the huge mistake is that they have sort of pared down their coverage. I think uh, the pandemic sort of caused some of that, that it was for financial reasons, but that this decreasing their coverage on Channel 7 was a big mistake in some people's minds, apparently.
1: Right. All right, and Chris, the other thing I wanted to run by you, there was a wild brawl in a match between the Carlton Blues and the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Um, First of all, I just got to say, North Melbourne had to have had, like, first pick of names, <laughs> right? Like, Kangaroos. I, I can't believe every team in the league didn't try and name themselves the Kangaroos. Um, well, yeah, there aren't, there aren't a ton of uh, beaver
0: teams, Griffin, in, in, the uh, in Canada. That's true. So, you know, you have to think about it that way. Even though we associate the, the humble kangaroo with Australia, they might not feel the same way.
1: Yeah, but I, I do think a kangaroo is a more intimidating mascot than a beaver.
0: Um, Kangaroos will knock a guy yeah. Yes, of course. They have their famous uh, kicking power and such. Uh, we all know that every every animal in Australia is designed Deadly. to destroy. <laughs> yeah,
1: But Chris, have you seen
0: the video of this wild brawl? I have not seen the brawl, Griffin, unfortunately.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to read you some lines from an article about the brawl, and Mm. you are going to parse the Australian slang for me and tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, This article was written by Ben Waterworth for Fox Sports. Shout out to Ben Waterworth. Uh, Cheers. Chris, as the kangaroos kicked the ball inside 50 late in the third term, a free (laughs) kick was paid to the Blues for an illegal hold.
0: Um <laughs> I'm not familiar with that I believe they use the quarter system. I think is it maybe twenty minute quarters or fifteen minute quarters? Um so I imagine the third term is referring to the quarter. Uh inside fifty, I imagine that is, you know, the fifty well would it be I guess it'd be fifty meters probably, not fifty yards, but at any rate, uh they kicked the ball, you got that. Uh, and then, you know, in a legal hold, I, a lot of what Australian rules football is, is sort of this jockeying for position. It's basically like competitive rebounding in some <laughs> ways, uh, where like, you know, there's a lot of like drop kicks that will, like sail through the air. And then the other, the, the players sort of have to jockey for position and try and grab the ball. Uh, so obviously an, an illegal hold is going to come up. Unless you get a uh, what we call a mark, which I believe is referenced later in this article, then the ball is live and sort of you can it's a contact sport. So uh, you can have some uh, some some hands being thrown and I, I imagine some illegal holds as well.
1: All right. There we go. Uh, and so on the ensuing free kick, Blues defender Lewis Young attempted to mark the ball. Only to be tunneled by ruse forward Larky while at full stretch. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is
0: fascinating stuff. Uh, I the not sure about full stretch tunneled. I assume is like you know you sort of put your head down and deliver a tackle. Uh, marking the ball, Griffin, is a very interesting component of of the game, and I think sort of it. it It's what sort of gives it the combination soccer-football kind of feel. So basically, like I said, a lot of it is like kicking the ball down the field. And if you if the ball travels, I think it's 15 yards or meters, whichever they use, and then a player from your team catches the ball, that's called a mark. And so basically, like, the defenders have to give you space, and then you can sort of basically, like, kick off again. And so you
1: can sort of, like... Go so if you d- catch it on the fly, you sort of like get to catch your breath and.
0: Yeah. Or, or, but then also you can do what's called playing on where you sort of immediately play the ball and sort of give up this safety in exchange for like sort of moving with the momentum of the right. game if it's, if it's advantageous for you. So the mark system is very, uh, uh, an integral part of the game griffin and there's a very famous final an afl final i think in, i forget when exactly but within the last 10 years where someone was said to have believed to have played on but then later sort of took the mark and it was very controversial so
1: oh, okay i see um and as far as i can tell from the video full stretch means that lewis young he had leaped in the air and impressively highly and was just mm-hmm. like fully stretched out to grab the ball and being tunneled by larky uh, larky basically lowered oh, his he head came underneath and, yeah basically ran into him while he was fully in the air and completely defenseless it was a it looked like a very dangerous move he hit the ground like right on his back like fully horizontal um, and then one last Australianism for you, Chris. I think this one's a bit of a layup. Uh, Larky <laughs> had his jumper ripped off him and was left walking around Marvel Stadium topless for minutes.
0: Well, I'm just impressed that uh, jumper. I'm just impressed that Marvel Studios has paid for <laughs> a stadium sponsorship
1: rights in Australia. Good for them. Um, um, but yeah, it was crazy. Like he he pulled off this dirty hit. And then Mm -hmm. was immediately surrounded by, like, six guys on the other team. And they went... But they didn't beat him up. They just ripped his shirt off. (laughs) And then all of his teammates came in and the refs came in. And uh, the... There was a 50 meter penalty the other way. So I assume they got to move the ball up 50 meters and then some guy kicked a goal and it was his first goal in like three years. So it sounds like a crazy sequence altogether. But uh, there's also, there's
0: someone, I forget, I forget the name, but someone had just set the record I saw for the, the most goals to start a career without conceding a behind. So it's sort of similar. Wasn't there there a rookie in MLB this year who like had like the most had reached base the most consecutive times to start a career? Yes. That yes. They had striking out or something. Uh, I forget who it was exactly, but it's it's a similar record to that. And also this guy, I was reading about this guy, and he gave up he was like a mature recruit. He's like 28 years old, but it's only like his second year or whatever. And he gave up being a civil engineer to join the AFL. Wow. So living out the dream.
1: Yeah, good to have a backup plan, though. So without conceding a behind, does that mean that he... Or not, not conceding a behind, but without kicking a behind. Okay, so he so a behind is sort of viewed as a failure. Yeah, well, you know, it's one-sixth of the points, Griffin. Yeah, that's true. Compared, right, compared to from, a goal. From here, uh, that's been Aussie Talk. Uh, I'll let's talk. keep a move on here, because our time is ticking. Uh, Certainly, We'll move on to your second sport, Snooker. And Mm -hmm. currently, as we speak, Chris, Mm -hmm. the world championship is literally happening right now between 2019 champion Judd Trump, not sure if there's any relation, and um, six-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan. And of course, Chris, this is something I want your opinion on. John Higgins recently said, there's no debate in my eyes, clearly... Proclaiming Ronnie O'Sullivan to be the snooker goat. What do you think of that take?
0: Well, Ronnie O'Sullivan Griffin is a fascinating figure in uh, in the sport of snooker. He has been around. He's he, I don't know if he's the Phil Taylor of uh, um, of snooker, but he is certainly six
1: time champion. Doesn't sound close to <laughs> eighteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly not. But uh, but yeah, Griffin. He has you know he was the world champion in two thousand one. And he was the world champion in 2020 and is now in the final again in 2022. So I think that says a lot about his longevity. Uh, He is sort of the the bad boy of Snooker in some ways. Uh, You you know, he he had a... Wikipedia describes it as a volatile personality. Uh, He was fined for, you know, walking out of matches and assaulting, uh, you know, reporters and things like that. Uh, He has had issues with drug abuse, Griffin. And so a very, uh, you know, a very, like I said, the bad boy of Snooker. Yeah, that and so Snooker
1: lifestyle hit hard. This feels like the plot to a Will Ferrell movie from 2006.
0: They really, that would, this would be a good, uh, it would be good to make a movie about Ronnie O'Sullivan. I think people would enjoy that. But yeah, he is certainly one of the, I, I think sort of the the way he gets talked about it is like, he, he's a bad boy. But he's so talented, Griffin. He has so much natural yeah. talent. Obviously, snooker, a very gentlemanly sport. They wear those vests. Uh, <laughs> but Ronnie O'Sullivan, he he's more like a, a leather jacket kind of guy. Oh, jeez, well, wow. clutch my. At grills. least in terms of vibe, not in terms of uh, Actually, what he wears no, he still in his snooker.
1: Of course, please, uh, please, please. And Chris, your last sport here was skateboarding. And instead of reading you headlines about this one, I was going to give you a quick quiz here. The quiz oh is Are you a poser or a skater? So we're going to find out, Chris. What is grip tape? Your options are it is grip, which is tape, or sandpaper <laughs> on top of a board, which helps you do tricks. <laughs> what it is grip which is tape is that grip tape where or is grip tape sandpaper <laughs> on top of a board
0: which helps you do tricks i'm gonna go with option b All right. um
1: what where is this quiz coming from this is coming from ProProfsQuizzes.com. profs as far as so I these can are tell, professional I professors anyone can make a quiz um oh where do you buy your board, Chris? Do you buy your board from Walmart, <laughs> Toys R Us, or a skate shop? Uh, do I have to answer honestly, or yes, you can do. I answer? No, I you cannot tro- try and pick and choose to f- get the skater questions. We're trying to figure out if you're a poser. Sure. I
0: think, but I think I know the answer is the thing. But I'm pretty sure if I were to buy a board, it
1: would be at Walmart. All right. Um... Chris, what is a kingpin? Oh, it's a labeled diagram, so I can't show this <laughs> to you, so I'm going to say you're choosing option two. Sure. Uh Tell us the reason. Why do you That's skate? Us. Do you skate for fun? Do you skate to get sponsored? Do you skate to hang out with your friends, fool around, smoke, drink, etc.? Or you don't skate, you just carry around your board? Well...
0: Griffin, I do not skateboard, I lack the, uh, <laughs> the physical dexterity, so I don't carry on my board, but I will say, I have to answer, I don't skate
1: to that one, Alrighty. which I think bodes ill. Yes. Uh, who is your favorite skater? Ryan Sheckler? Tony Hawk? Nigel Houston? Paul Rodriguez? Oh, uh, this next one has a slur. Jaws? <laughs> not the movie, you blank. Aaron Homoki. I guess Aaron Homoki is a skater Nicknames named Jaws? Jaws. Why is the um, quiz creator throwing... Come on. I don't know. So uh, <laughs> uh, I like anyone who skates and is dedicated to what he does? Or who <laughs> the hell are those people?
0: Well, I'm familiar with most of uh, these skaters, so I can't answer that. I think I would say I like anyone who skates and is dedicated to what he does. I'm certainly pro anyone... Uh, enjoying a hobby and being dedicated to it so i'll go with that answer
1: that is a great answer chris very wholesome uh what kind of shoes do you wear do you wear americas do you wear vans dc shoes nike sb converse or lakai
0: well griffin i personally rock a new balance 996 i have very wide feet so it's uh (laughs) it's necessary for me so I guess the closest comparison there would be a Nike SB. So I will go with, uh, with the Nike.
1: All right, we're forty-six percent of the way through the quiz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you skate? I don't skate. I just carry my board around. Street, skate park, skate park, and street, or bowl. I think well, we're have to I have say th- I don't skate. Well, hold on. You know,
0: I think you know. I think we can sort of go off of vibe here. Um, yeah that's fair that's fair and you know I've certainly been known to eat some cereal in my time so I think I'm gonna have to go with
1: a bowl alright Chris you are a famous bowl skater um, what do you do at a skate spot do you sit and watch your friends <laughs> skate this one you can <laughs> select multiple this, uh, smoke this drink make fun of other people who can't skate uh, skate till I sweat sit and when I decide to skate I skate for five minutes and then stop or blame everything, be pissed, and leave early. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's right. gotta be me.
0: Blame everything, be pissed, and leave early is sort of my mantra.
1: Alright, perfect. Uh Do you learn new tricks all the time? Uh, I try a new trick every time I come to the skate spot. No, I try tricks which I can do instead. You can learn tricks. I unlearn tricks only. That's
0: nothing for starters, <laughs> but... I would have to say, no, I don't try and
1: learn new tricks. Okay, I'm going to say, you try tricks which you can do instead. Sure, like Uh, walking around. Yeah, do you wear skate clothes? If yes, why? So that people think I am a skater, because I look cool in them. I don't always wear skate clothes wrong, wear. Uh, I wear whatever is fresh, or I don't mind what I wear, right wear, as long as I can skate.
0: (laughs) Well... It's true that I don't always wear skate clothes. I don't know if I wear whatever is fresh. <laughs> I don't mind. I think I'll go with I don't mind what I wear.
1: As long as you can skate, if I know you, Chris. Um What music mm-hmm. do you listen to? Rap from the 19s? Rap from the <laughs> 20s? <laughs> <Punk>? Orchestra? Rock <laughs> or punk?
0: <laughs> what in the world? I mean, if I had to pick one of those, I guess I'd go with rap 20s (laughs) rap i assume the
1: 1920s all right just a couple more questions chris what is the question you ask everyone the most do you want to go check out a spot was that switch i hate this spot can we leave can me can you film me or do you have a cigarette or weed on you I can't, I think I would have to go
0: with. Do you have a cigarette <laughs> or weed on you? All right. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to go check out a spot. I don't hate any spot because I'm not skating. I'm not trying to be filmed. And uh, so I think that uh, smoking a cigarette would have to be my only uh,
1: my only recourse. All right. And finally, Chris, the last question: What is Switch Noel Fakie? Is it regular? Is it Switch? Is it Fakie? Is it Noelle, or do you not know?
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I know for sure. <laughs> I believe fakie refers to riding backwards. So that would mean that switch Noel fakie is... I, you would describe it as a fakie trick, perhaps. And so I'm going to say fakie.
1: All right, Chris, let's get your results here. Um you my results. I really hope you don't have to make an account or anything to uh, see the
0: results. Well, I hope I don't have to be anywhere after this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you got Poser. What? Poser. You mostly get on your board pretending you are a skater to get chicks or attention. How about you learn some serious skating skills? You'll win hurts genuinely and maybe win some competitions. Uh, So, Chris, this quiz seems like it was written by a great guy. Um, so I want a true you to learn some, some real skating skills so that you can start getting some chicks, Chris. Oh, some real, uh,
0: gender essentialism at play there for sure. Griffin, <laughs> thank you so much
1: for. I think we had liberty. to know. We had to I know think... whether you were a poser.
0: Uh, it's, it's nice to know for sure. Griffin, well, th- it's for the best because my, News items are much shorter than yours. You went more in-depth and more interesting than I. Uh, Possibly a reflection of who chose the better sports, but you never know.
1: Maybe I did say I I looked for headlines for my sports. There were not a lot. So if we were (laughs) trying to choose obscure sports, maybe I chose the more obscure ones. Yeah, you're winning at obscurity,
0: certainly. (laughs) Um, Griffin, your sports, indoor bulls. I discovered an interesting fact, Griffin, that there are not one, but two world indoor bulls championships there's the world bulls indoor championship and the
1: world indoor bulls championship chris and Mm. let me just say if you're trying to come at me and say hey griffin you (laughs) should watch the world indoor bulls championship get the fuck out of my face the world bulls indoor championship is where it is at (laughs) That is by far the superior circuit. The World Indoor Bowls Championship has no idea what it's doing. Those people had never even picked up a bowl in their life. So uh, <laughs> let's just try and keep this to World Bowls Indoor Championship, please. Yeah, and bowls also is where I skate. Of uh, yeah, <laughs> you I think- it? <laughs> I believe
0: the World Indoor Bowls Championship is the more prestigious one. Um it's for idiots. Sure. I forgot that you'd already hitched your wagon
1: to one of them. <laughs> that I did, and I'm all in.
0: Um, so the, I think the first running of the World Bowls Indoor Championship was this year. It was supposed to start in 2020, was delayed due to COVID-19. Uh, and so in 2022, just last week, we had, uh, the World Bowls Indoor Championships, uh, which was won by Michael Stepney. Of Scotland Griffin, one of the greats of our sport.
1: Yeah, Stepney really brought it this uh, past week. Um, he really he was out there. He was laying in his lead bowls well, uh, really nestling it up against the uh, target there. So, congrats to Stepney. Well deserved. I think he set himself up for a good run at the World Bowls Indoor Championship. And if he wants to, like. I think we can see, like, when a guy the caliber of Michael Stepney wins the World Bowls Indoor Championship, that just shows mm-hmm. you how far ahead it is of the World Indoor Bowls Championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, Michael Stepney, he has a solid five sentences on his Wikipedia page, so <laughs> you got uh, to Got to, got to give him some love there. Wow, <laughs> defeating Stuart Anderson, who seems like a real, a, a true, uh, a bona fide champion. You know, he won the gold at the world indoor championships in 2013 and 2019 he has some wins in mixed pairs and open pairs so one of one of the greats of our sport and uh, our guy Stephanie took him out so
1: that's just the caliber Much of opponent respect. you get in the world bulls indoor championship
0: i suppose so um on to european handball griffin the European Handball Federation Champions League is ongoing. We're on to the quarterfinal stage here. Uh, speaking of matches that are happening as we speak, Team Esbjerg of Denmark uh, in the, uh, in the women's quarterfinal is facing off with CSM Bucharesti. Uh, Perhaps we need an update on that score right now, uh, which I will uh, look into for us. But the uh, so the the women's quarterfinals happening now, Griffin, and the men's quarterfinal will begin in two weeks. So it's a great time, certainly, to be a a European handball fan.
1: Yeah, and I did, Chris. I checked out some handball. It is a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Uh, This is a great time with the Champions League quarterfinals going on. Seriously, like I know we make a lot of jokes on this podcast. Check it out. It's a cool sport. Absolutely. I mean,
0: oh, Griffin. I mean, a huge win for Team Espirg. Try and think 26-25 Ooh. over the... Uh, I, I don't know if this was just the first leg and if we'll play another one or if this is the the aggregate score, but it seems that Team Espirg has uh, taken the victory thus far. So a big congratulations to them, certainly. Um, finally, Griffin, CPAC Takra, the uh, commonly Southeast Asian sport... That is a, a kick, kick volleyball, essentially. Uh, I have one. It's a, it's a forthcoming news item, perhaps, but the 31st Southeast Asian Games will commence in two weeks and CPAC Takara will be on the, uh, in the field of games to be played. The top five rankings, Griffin, the, these might be out of date. These are from 2021, but the top five nations in CPAC Takara I've discovered are Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, South Korea, and Myanmar. Uh, would you like to hazard a guess as to where the, uh, the United States is ranked? I did not see Canada on the, uh, CPAC talker rankings.
1: Um, I feel like the United States, first of all, I love a sport like a lot of those, uh, countries are not super prominent on the world sporting stage. Uh, so I love a sport that gives them their own spotlight. Um, shout out to them for being the five best, uh, CPAC talker countries in the world the United States I don't know I mean I know that they have lots of populations from all over the world so I think that they could mm-hmm. put together a pretty fun CPAC talker team but I'm going to go with uh are they top 50 in CPAC talker they are top 50 Griffin all right I'm gonna say they're 41st they are surprisingly high 15th Griffin Wow!
0: Right below China. They have a really strong uh, CPAC talker squad, it would seem.
1: Good for them. How many countries are on the, the list?
0: Uh, I will have to reopen the all list. Right, I think right. it was about like 25, something like that. Okay, so uh,
1: everyone's top 50.
0: Sure, I mean, based on this ranking, certainly. Um, but that's going to do it for our Obscure Sports Update. That will do it uh, for all of our news items and happenings for this week, and it will do it for this episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. Griffin, people can find you at Griffin Porter ninety seven on Twitter. People can find me at C House and Jan on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to go back and listen to the uh, OUA in Conversation <laughs> podcast that Griffin did. I'm going to keep plugging those, even yeah, though really- they have they have since passed. Um, of course, everyone listen to Got the Runs, my podcast with the great David House and Jan uh, at Got the Runs Pod on Twitter. Uh, listen to Bevy of Bevies at Bevy of Bevies on Twitter with the even greater Colin Ashley. Ooh. And of yeah, course, if you to rank follow your
1: three co-hosts.
0: <laughs> you'd be number three. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> you looked, you looked stunned and hurt I was statement. stunned and hurt. Of course, David is number one as my flesh and blood and you and Colin are tied for 1.1. Uh, so it's a real it's a 1a1b situation. Uh, okay. Fine. <laughs> of course, you can follow us at HFLC podcast on Twitter uh, and on Instagram and TikTok as well. But until next time Griffin, I think we have no choice but to keep our floors high and our ceilings low.